Welcome back to the program, The Bill Michaels Show. Here we are. Good to have you. I, I, gotta, I just posted this on Twitter, and I know I'm going to take a lot of heat from Cowboys fans, and I really don't give a damn. Um, what is the fascination with Dak Prescott and his pregame workout with the hip flick flicks and all that stuff? Grant, can you figure that out? When is, it comes is, to what, workouts, I'm probably not the guy to ask. It looks funny. I think we all get a kick out of it. That's about it. it it's I, and I, As I posted, has this in any way, shape, or form helped him win in the postseason? Other than just saying, here I am, look at me. Who cares? Can't win in the postseason. You got beat by Brock Purdy. You know, it is what it is. The fascination with Dak Prescott and this work that he does and throwing the ball off a wall and oh my god watch this and what okay let me let me the last i checked he's a veteran he went 13 and 3 his rookie season got paid a ton of money and hasn't done s since is that pretty much it did i miss anything i don't think i did i don't think i did uh, I think if you pick him in fantasy football, he's not a bad quarterback to have. Uh, and fantasy football via fantasy players is not played via the NFL preseason or postseason. So he can maybe win you a game or two in the postseason if, if you're a fantasy baller. Beyond that, no. No, not really. But it's this fascination with Dak Prescott and all of the former NFLers that sing his praises. Now, I usually put a lot of stock in what somebody that actually has played the game states because they know it on the field perspectively better than any of us, right? But this whole thing with Dak Prescott, they traded for Trey Lance. That, that should tell you everything. Because now, instead of, let's say that Dak gets off to a slow start. Now, instead of saying, hey, you know, you were a team that was in the postseason last year. Uh, what are you going to do to put the, the train back on the track? Well, the train is left the station. We're going to try to run the damn football. Yeah, that's my, my Mike McCarthy imitation. Um, now it's going to be the narrative of, well, when's Trey Lance going to get some reps? When's he going to get in there? You know, if Dak's not getting it done, then you you got to put Trey Lance in. I, I don't know why they did that, but uh, outwardly you would say because they don't believe in Dak Prescott. This is putting Dak Prescott on notice that you're at the end of your rope, dude. You went, you 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 can win a lot of regular season games, but Jerry Jones has not hoisted a trophy since the team that Jimmy Johnson built and turned over to the uh, idiot Switzer won a Super Bowl, and that that's been it. You know, what comes first, Jerry Jones' death or the Cowboys winning another Super Bowl? Because Jerry Jones, he's getting up there in age. No denying that. What is what is Jerry Jones now? He's in his mid to late 70s, right? Do you know, Grant, off the top of your head? Jerry Jones, he, got, he looks yeah. like he could be 95. I don't know. Yeah, he got old quick. 
because he was up there rah rah and you know he's gonna have some brisket with mike mccarthy and the next thing you know boy it's like woo holy crap skeletor took over a little bit yeah skeletor that's yeah he's got he's got to be near he's got to be near 80 right oh pac fan says he's gonna be 81 in october 81 81 he looks older than that although rich people age differently like they do a billionaire can be 95 and like bob Iger is a ceo at disney isn't he in his 70s he looks 55 yeah yeah but jerry jones has aged quite a bit over the last couple of years he really has he he went from being a, a younger looking 70s guy to an old looking 70s 80s guy employing mike mccarthy will do that to a man that'll that'll age you a little bit more quickly yeah brett says bob barker didn't look 99 bob barker always looked 50 even when he wasn't and you know and then as he got older he 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 looked it he looked like a very well preserved 90 year old man it's like dick clark same thing dick clark looked young forever you know euchre Euchre looks the same. How old was Carson when he wrapped up? Speaking of Euchre. God, Carson was in his 60s? He always looked great. Yeah, he always looked good. And Carson went out right. We all know what led to all of that, and there's been movies that have been done about it and documentaries that have been done about it. Uh, But Carson went out correctly. And he went out on a pile of money so yeah dave uh dave says sparky anderson always looks 75 even at 35 right yep (laughs) brandy says every line on my face is directly tied to a packers playoff loss (laughs) oh my god yeah william shatner there's another one that doesn't look his age william shatner's like 106 you know Although I gotta be honest, I don't want to see him in his Star Trek uniform anymore. Spandex pants and his gold gold shirt. Uh man. Uh eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seven. Yeah, there's this fascination with Dak Prescott, and I just mm, I don't get it. I, not at this point. I mean, when you're a young up and comer, okay. You know, I, I understand it. But when you're looked at now as you're hanging on to your job and kind of a failure to this point because you have not brought a championship to a, a franchise that, that has given you damn near everything to work with. And you've been the, you have been the problem uh, as opposed to everything else. And the, be- the best they can come up with is let's do a preseason feature on Dak Prescott and how he wiggles his hips in his pre in his pregame workout. Why don't you just ask him about the sleep number bed, at least throw a sponsor into it, you know? Dak, what setting are you? Oh, I'm an 82. Mike McCarthy comes in, and we have pillow fights. He's a 71. <laughs> okay. Got to prop Mike up, though. <laughs> he snores and can't get out of bed at night when he, when he has to pee. <laughs> That's it. All right. Thanks, Dak. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free. Uh, again, 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to give us a shout. <laughs> Good stuff. 
Uh, JJ says, uh, I completely agree with you. They keep talking about Dak Prescott like he's a Hall of Famer. Dak Prescott is nothing more than a placeholder for the next quarterback. He's never going to win a championship. Never was, never will be. Some team eventually will overpay to get him, and they'll be just as disappointed. I just, I, I've never thought Dak Prescott was that good of a quarterback. Never did. Um, by the way, Brian Gudikins speaks uh, about an hour from now. I think he speaks at one today. Correct? Grant, if I'm not mistaken? I believe so. That's what I saw. So hopefully we can get some of that audio right as we're kind of wrapping up the show. That'll be nice yeah. with cut down day yesterday. Yep. We'll get uh, we'll get all that coming up a little bit later on. Uh, Shelby says, uh, hey, guys, uh, question for you. Uh, if Dak Prescott's workouts are so impressive, why is he not able to scramble and throw the football better? All we ever see is him running for his life, making errant throws. Can he do something <laughs> with my Bialik, uh I, I think that's how you pronounce her name, the, the girl that does the uh, Nariva commercials. <laughs> he needs to be better between the ears than he does between the hips. <laughs> oh, my God. There you go. Let's go to Tyler listening to us in Milwaukee. Tyler, how you doing, man? What's going on? Doing good, Bill. How's it going? Doing great today. Doing points, great. Man. Sure. I got two points. So, first one, I think Jordan Love is going to be better than Justin Fields. Now, I was, I was listening to the Athletic Football Show podcast, and they were doing the NFC North preview, and they were saying last year, if you exclude scrambles from Justin Fields' game, he had the lowest EPA per drop back and is either the entire season or it was in completely in NFL history. So like that's, I mean, obviously it's part of his game, but you can't, you can't say that's going to be a good quarterback. still when you were, you had the lowest estimated points added per drop back, at least in the entire season by any quarterback mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And no, I, I get that. I yeah. I, he's been impressive when he's been able to run, but he, you know, I want to see him be a quarterback first and, there's not a lot to tell you that he's going to be that great when that happens. Yeah, no, and then I don't know if you've uh, watched the quarterback school with the JT O'Sullivan on it, and he he breaks down like all the quarterbacks, and he's got the the Jordan Love tape, and you know he just goes through all the the process, and like he just, you know, obviously all the throws aren't there for Jordan Love yet, but you know, the thing he explains is like. Is he reading the play right? Is he reading the coverage right? And, you know, he's he's making all the right reads, which is, you know, obviously just as important as making the throws because it's, right. it's one thing to make the right throw and the right read, but if you're making the the, the wrong throw and the wrong and the right read, you know, it's but I think I think that he's going to be I think Jordan Love will be probably the second best or maybe like a tied for the second best this year. And I think, I think he could be better than Kirk Cousins if he reaches, you know, his top, top 5% percentile. That would be great if he did. I, I, but like I said, my biggest issue is I just want to see, you know, teams over the first two, three, four games that are scheming for him, what they do, how he adjusts and what they do to adjust to that. And then I think we'll get a really good gauge as to where he's going to be. But I, I, I hope that every all the predictions that are suddenly because where was all of this uh, a, a while ago? You know what I mean? 
Uh, where was all of this coming off of even last year? There was a lot of skepticism about Jordan Love, even though he looked better against Philadelphia. Where all of a sudden now he plays in three preseason games and people are going, well, wait a minute, this guy's for real. I, I just don't know if I buy that yet. Do you? I don't know if I – it's not that I buy the – I just – it certainly gives us more optimism than what was initially, you know, you know, sound, sound the alarms that Aaron Rodgers is gone and Green Bay is going back to the 70s and the 80s, you know, and Green Bay is going to stink for the next 20 right. years. And so I think – and the only thing about the Kansas City game that I would – I would say is is he was essentially a, a rookie still because you know he came in in the COVID year, so he mm-hmm. was essentially a rookie quarterback and he had no David Bakhtiari and I can't remember if Elton Jenkins had torn his ACL that by that point or not. Yeah, so he was just, I think he was down his probably the two best offensive linemen, and then you have you know seven or eight people coming at you within two seconds. I mean it's it's a lot to ask of someone on. Uh, a two two or three day oh you're starting and you find out and it's Friday right. you know, or Thursday, so mm-hmm. that's the only thing about the Kansas City game that I was yeah say. Nope, I I completely understand it. Appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for perspective. Um, I, will the real Jordan Love please stand up and we'll find out over the next three four games as to where he's at and uh, what the you know when when te- like I said when teams scheme specifically for him what they do and how they go about attacking him, and if they're successful in doing so. 877-867-1670, Hit us up. Uh, got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up this portion of the program. Brought to you by our buddy Dwayne, D-U-A-N-E, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. That is Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. Whether it's boat covers, upholstery, awnings, uh, gym equipment, office furniture, you name it, he can do it. And uh, based uh, right here in the state of Wisconsin. So stick with somebody local, 715-870-2119, 715-870-2119. And uh, Dwayne made a nice donation to the motorcycle ride coming up uh, this weekend as well and uh, sent, us, uh, sent us a nice check and helping uh, take care and offset some of the expenses, so to speak, for uh, some of the motorcycle stuff that we have going on. But whatever the remainder is, that also goes right back into the house. That also goes right back in to the house uh, for Fisher House, Wisconsin. So thanks to Dwayne and Dwayne's Cover It All for being huge supporters and riding in the motorcycle ride coming up this weekend. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Proud to say one of our sponsors uh, stepped up, Kirk, uh, over at uh, Cruise Planners. And uh, they, uh, as a matter of fact, I just saw the uh, sponsor posters and such for the motorcycle ride, and they are prominently on it. And if you are looking for a land vacation, say an all-inclusive, as the uh, <laughs> the summer winds down and you start uh, thinking about winter, you know, snow shovel escapes, so to speak, uh, and you want to get out of town, that's the person to call. Call them 262-344-0697. Maybe cruises. You know, if you want to put some money down and take the cruise of a lifetime or the trip of a lifetime or a family reunion somewhere in the country, whatever, 
They can do it all, and they can plan it all for you. That's what they do. They're cruise planners, land and cruise vacations. Uh, call them, 262-344-0697, 262-344-0697. Thanks to our friends over there at Cruise Planners for not only being a part uh, of the program, but also a part of the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd, this Sunday. We need you. Need you big time. Um, David says, Love's going to have to watch for safeties baiting him into interceptions. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Um, let's see here. Um, let's go to Ron listening to us in Madison. Ron, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hi, Bill. Yeah, hey, beautiful what's up? day. I'm, sit- I'm sitting out here with my dog on my front porch here in Madison. Nice. So, so uh, I got a cautious prediction for the Packers. Uh, I got Go uh, eight to ten wins. Okay. Which, I, I, seven and a half, I think, is the over-under, so eight's not a bad prediction. Nine if they get a little bit of juice. Ten if they get a little luck. So that's not a bad way to go. I'd take that. I'd take the ten wins in a, a postseason berth. That's for damn sure, you know. Yeah, it, it all depends on uh, Jordan Love, how well he can play, and can the defense play good enough to make some stops in the close games. Right, uh, 100%. Well, that's the big thing is whether or not the defense supports the offense and whatever it is, whether it's getting turnovers to give them more bites of the apple or allowing Jordan Love to make a couple of mistakes and the defense being able to back them up. That's what they need the defense to do this year. So uh, I have a bet with a friend of mine here in town. Uh, if the Packers win at least eight games, uh, my friend will buy me a dinner. And if they don't, I have to buy him dinner. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping that he has to buy you some dinner. Uh, that'd be nice. Now, if you go to dinner, what's your choice of dinner? Where are you going? Uh, Texas Roadhouse. Okay. Not a bad place to go. I have one right up the street for me. I, I go there often. So good stuff. Yeah, All right, I, man. Uh, go ahead. Okay. I like that place. Yeah. Love Appreciate it. it, bud. Talk to you soon. Texas Now, I have to admit, Texas Roadhouse, you can get a good steak there. You know, it's not bad. But I go for the, uh, what is it, the chicken fritter dinner. The chicken fritter dinner, which is good. I don't know what they do. And, I, and well, let's be honest. Is it, raise your hand if you've been to Texas Roadhouse. Okay. Uh, Grant, have you ever been to a Texas Roadhouse? Oh, yeah. I just go for the, the buns with the apple butter. They, that's exactly what I was going to say. Just the keep buns them coming. and the apple butter. Keep yeah, them that's coming. it. I would put buns in my pockets and apple butter down my pants and just dance. It's just that good. That's that's. I could go there and just sit at the sit at the bar, drinking those great big giant mugs of twenty two or whatever it is ounce beers, and eat the buns and the apple butter and just roll my big ass out of there after it's all said and done. That's that should so be an option, uh, like the same at Mexican restaurants where they give you the chips and salsa at the beginning of the yes. meal. We need to make it acceptable as a society to go in and to tell your server, look, I'm here with two friends. We just want to eat the chips and salsa and drink. And we're going to tip you good, but like, just so we're clear up front, just keep bringing us chips and salsa, and we'll tip you real well. We're just going to drink and eat the, the rolls or the chips right. or the, the cheddar biscuits at, uh, at Red Lobster, for example. We need to yep. normalize that. That's it. That's all I would do. 
I just walk in. Eat. Now I can get the uh, uh, I can get the the chicken fritters. They're good. I'll go with that. But yeah, it's oof, those buns and the apple butter. Oh my goodness, just uh, just you know, knock me over with a spoon when those things come out. Hell yeah, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh, if you want to give us a shout, please feel free. Go ahead and do it. Uh, this one's from Jen. Jen says, uh, I'm taking the Packers to win nine games this season and be on the outside looking in when it comes to the postseason. Uh, Scott says, if Jordan Love plays well, this is a 10-win team. If he plays great, it's a 13-win team. If he plays poorly, it's a 7-win team. Okay. Joel says, uh, I would take Justin Fields over Jordan Love. Justin Fields has won a couple of games with his feet. And his knowledge and his speed, he's also coming from a big-time program. Jordan Love is not. And until Jordan Love starts winning games consistently, I would have to take Justin Fields. Uh, J.K. says, uh, don't think that Justin Fields is going to be that good. I think he's already reached his ceiling. There you go. Um, And uh, our buddy Joe. um, Joe said, oh, he's looking for help. Uh, for the motorcycle ride, he said, I'd be glad to help you, glad to be a volunteer. Uh, also want to know your thoughts on how many touchdown passes, says Jordan Love, versus run for. I have Jordan Love running for six touchdowns this season and throwing for 27, accounting for 33 total touchdowns, which would be an incredibly successful season. Uh, let, let me say this. Jordan Love is like Aaron Rodgers was his rookie year. You know, um, and by that I mean he's not overwhelmingly fast. Um, he's a little elusive. He can run. He's a little, you know, more athletic uh, now than Aaron Rodgers was last year. Um, I, I don't it, – it's not like Jordan Love is coming in as the next Randall Cunningham or the next Michael Vick. Or the next Jalen Hurts. He's he's not a speed demon. He's not a four two forty guy. Um so just just throwing it out there. I I, I don't know why there's this is he more athletic than a forty year old Aaron Rodgers? Yes. But is he more athletic uh, than a young Aaron Rodgers? No. No. Not really. The forties were about the same. The shuttle was about the same. I don't know. The numbers are there. He can run, but he's not going to outrun a bunch of defensive backs. That's for sure. Um, Real quick, uh, this is from Brock, and Brock says, uh, Hey, guys, I think the Packers are going to knock off the Bears, probably struggle against Atlanta, and then come back home and get a win, get off to a 2-1 and one start. That should silence the critics. Then Jordan Love can just breathe. And be the quarterback that we expect him to be. Win a lot of games, get the Packers to the postseason, and hopefully along the way bring the Lombardi Trophy back home. And that is from Brock. Brock, appreciate the email. Um, kind of stating the obvious, though, to be honest with you. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say. Uh, we, we've kind of beat that horse, you know what I mean, uh, quite a bit. And as much as 
I can point out all the positives. We talked about this yesterday. What are the positives coming out of the out of the preseason? The positives were good passes where only his guys could catch him. He threw the ball at times before the receivers had even turned around. He was throwing to a spot. He was throwing to a window. We saw all of that. Is that growth and maturity? Yes. Is that the Tom Clements effect? Probably. You know, all of that we, we saw. We didn't see the, the touch passes over the top. We didn't see dropping it consistently over defenders into a bucket. We, did, we didn't see all of that. We did see some good things that gave him confidence. Matt LaFleur, I thought, for the, the time that Jordan Love was in there, game-planned brilliantly for the most part. Game-planned brilliantly because all he wanted to do, he didn't want to go out and like see if Jordan Love had explosivity. You know, can this guy just blow games open and throw deep? And because that's not his forte, and that's certainly not what you're going to do. Because if it fails miserably in the preseason, your confidence is shot for the regular season. So what he did was he put him in positions to be successful. He was, and he's got confidence. There's more optimism because we're talking about it. There's more optimism. What did he show us? He showed us many things positively. Okay, took a couple of shots, didn't always work out. Okay, that's okay. Maybe there's a little concern there, but for the most part, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Right? Let him take those baby steps growing into the starting quarterback role. Perfect. Perfect. Those were the positives coming out of the preseason. The negatives and or concerns we addressed. Now you wait and see. Now you wait and see. Um... Got one more here for you. This is uh, this is from Michael. Michael says, uh, "Hey Bill, uh, it's not about Jordan Love. It's also about the run game. If the run game can be successful and take the pressure off of the passing game, it's going to make Jordan Love that much better." Uh, are we overlooking the offensive line and their importance? No, not really, because I think it, if you know me, it all starts up front. If he's got all day to throw, he's going to pick defenses apart. If he doesn't have to be put on the run, he's going to pick defenses apart. If if the offensive line opens up holes, suddenly Aaron Jones and, and A.J. Dillon and Wilson, they're gashing teams, you know, big time. It's going to take – because then all you got to do is run the football. You know, run it till they, they stop you, you know. All of that will take pressure off of Jordan Love, 100%. I think the only other thing that you have to really look at is possibly, quote, an X factor is – the reliability of the hands catching the passes. You know, how many times does, say he goes, you know, 27 of 32. Fantastic. Say he goes 15 of 32. Not as good. But does that reflect poorly on him? Or does Christian Watson have two drops? Romeo Dubs have two drops? Samari Torrey have two drops? And all of a sudden you're looking at a vastly different stat line if those drops weren't drops. But that it's going to be the reliability of the hands catching passes as well. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's do this. Um, we got to go for a couple more minutes, correct? Because we're going to uh, – some of the network stations are going to be joining Brewers Baseball. No, no, no. We can take a break now. We just got to be patient towards the end of the hour because I don't want to uh, mess up the, the stream for the Brewers. And we can go and uh, we got Mark Schofield, SB Nation, going to talk some betting. Yeah, we got Mark Schofield coming up. Uh, we'll get into some of that, uh, some of the preseason bets, prop bets, all that kind of good stuff. And don't forget, I keep telling you, uh, we got Brewers coming up on many of these uh, network stations. So if you uh, are want to stay right here, I mean, you can go watch a Brewers game, but stay right here. Download the app, the Zone, the Zone, Z O N E, the Zone Madison, the Zone Madison app. Download the app and stay right here with us. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. 
Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Good to have you back, the Bill Michael Show. Kicking it. Enjoying the day. Uh, Mark says, hey, Bill, I just saw the piece on Dak Prescott. You're absolutely right. He's done nothing. He's been eight years in the league and can't win in the postseason. Uh, but yet the best piece they can do is the hips don't lie segment. <laughs> is that the Shakira thing? Or the, I, didn't even, I didn't even see the full segment. I saw part of it, and I ended up turning it off because I'm like, who cares? It's It's – if that's all you've got after being eight years in the National Football League, <laughs> you know, he, he what, what was it? Uh, he was 12-5 and five last year. I think the same year before that, too. And I think in both years they've lost to the, play, or they've lost to the 49ers. <laughs> so that's great. Go out and shake your hips and let Brock Purdy kick your ass. Get it over with. Who cares? <laughs> Just another – Great big America's team. Everybody eat some brisket. It's Cowboys. Who cares? What have you won? What have you won? There you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I get it. 877-867-1670. Uh, um, let's go to our buddy Mark Schofield. Let's talk a little betting, shall we? Mark, how you doing today, man? What's up? I'm doing well, Bill. Great to be back. Hope you had a good summer. Excited to be here with you. I uh, I am geeked because uh, of a lot of different reasons. One is obviously the great unknown, and that is the Green Bay Packers. So uh, let's start there, because when you get into the betting aspect of things, uh, it's it's different than what the feeling and the optimism is. And then you get the national media that jumps on board and says, "Well, could Jordan Love take him to the postseason or win a Super Bowl?" And blah blah blah. So what is what is reality in all of this when you start to talk about real money? Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's obviously a couple of different ways you can look at this for Green Bay this season. I think a good place to start is the schedule. You know, you look at the way they sort of open up. Obviously, that game against the Packers is going to be a big storyline because of the Jordan Love factor, the Justin Fields factor. But as you work your way through the schedule, you see a lot of favorable opportunities for the Green Bay Packers. Atlanta in week two that Raiders game, that Broncos game, those games sort of stand out as well. I do think this is going to be a very good team. I do think that this is a team that I know there will be questions about Jordan Love. Obviously, that's going to be a storyline all season long. There will be obviously the parallels with Aaron Rodgers and how they're faring in New York. But when you look at this team, when you look at the NFC as a whole, the NFC North, that division as a whole, there are questions around this conference. There are questions around this division. And I think from what I've studied of Jordan Love this preseason, there are reasons for optimism, even when it comes to, you know, season over-unders and gambling and things like that. So, you know, if, if you're looking at the Packers this year, I think there's a reason to be overly optimistic. Talking with Mark uh, Schofield of SB Nation, back uh, joining us again this year throughout the NFL season. Uh, we were talking earlier, so the best quarterback in the NFC North is – who would you label that as? I mean, I, I think you still give that title to Kirk Cousins. 
I know he's a polarizing quarterback. The Netflix show certainly leaned into that a little bit. There are people that still sort of look at him as, okay, well, he's a great regular season quarterback, but what has he done, you know, in limited postseason opportunities he's had? What has he done in sort of big game situations? But I think he is still the top QB in that division. I look at Jared Goff, and the offensive coordinator there has done a great job putting him in a position to be successful, leaned into offensive concepts and route designs and formations and plays that he was running back in his days at California, let alone when he was with the Rams. And so they've done good things for Jared Goff. And then the two sort of question marks, obviously, Jordan Love taking over in Green Bay, Justin Fields, what are we going to see from him in year three, a pivotal year for him in terms of his quarterback development? You know, but I would give the nod to Cousins right now. But I think those other three guys all by the end of the season will be in a position to make their case that, hey, you know, what about me? Because I think all three are in position to have very good years. So when you start to look at the quarterbacks in the NFC North uh, and win totals, because there's a lot of speculation as to how good or how bad or maybe how much lack of growth there is down in Chicago, kind of if you had to rank them, would would you put Jordan Love on the same level as, below, or above? I'd actually put the two on the same level, Bill. And I, I think the reason for that is there are still questions about, you know, what's happening in Chicago. You know, do they have the offensive line that they need? Will they get their best five in front of Justin Fields? Now, G.J. Moore has been a nice acquisition for them, but you're looking at what is that passing game truly going to look like. It was a bit spotty in preseason action for Justin Fields. Where are they going to get on the defensive side of the ball? Where are they going to get pass rush? You know, that's in talking with people around the league the past few days as we hit cut down day and looking at some of the moves and the decisions that they've made, where are they going to get pass rush from? Does that create a situation where suddenly they're having a throw? They're having a throw from – to get back into games. And that's going to put a lot of pressure, I think, on Justin Fields here in year three, a pivotal season for him. And so I think when you juxtapose that with what we've seen from Jordan Love in limited action, what we expect from Green Bay Packers on both sides of the football, you know, I, I think even though Love's just taken over, I would put these, those two quarterbacks on sort of similar footing because I think Love is going to have more around him. And I think there are reasons for, even though he's just taken over as a starter, to be excited about where this team can go with him. So uh, I want to talk about the NFC in general because uh, everybody believes that Philadelphia, with what they did in the offseason, still remains the best team. And a close number two would be then San Francisco. My issue is Brock Purdy, did he just, was he a one-hit wonder or is this guy legit? And then the second thing is usually when guys hold out and they can't get those contracts worked and there's a lot of frustration, I know Bo says a guy that gets after it and gets after the quarterback, but they've had some, some tumultuous times in San Francisco would it surprise anybody if Seattle ended up being the best team in that division? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. And, you know, when you look at the 49ers, you can certainly make the case that if you take quarterback and put it to the side for a moment, they have the best roster in the NFL, or at least they the best start in 21, you know, put the quarterback aside in the NFL. And that's, that's a fair point. But this is a quarterback-driven league. You know, and they're going all in on Brock Purdy. Okay, that, that's the decision. That's, a, that's fine. That's all well and good. But what is the league? How does the league sort of adapt to what he's doing? Now, the 49ers still have the ability to create mismatches in their 21 personnel package with Samuel McCaffrey, Kittle on the field. They, they can do a lot of different things to stress you as a defense. 
But what if Bark Purdy struggles coming off of a UCL injury? That's a lot to put on a young quarterback. And so I think that that plus the Bosa situation means that this thing could get a little tight in the West. And then you look at Seattle. Jackson Smith and Jigba, I know he's got the fractured wrist, but he's already back at practice. That's going to be a very good three wide receiver package they can put on the field with him, with DK Metcalf, with you know Tyler Lockett. You look at also they've got three tight ends. They leaned a lot into 12 t- personnel last year. They threw a lot out of 12 personnel last year. Geno Smith had a great year, obviously comeback player of the year, but it wasn't a fluke. He was throwing the ball extremely well. And they made the playoffs last year. They've improved since then. I know everybody sort of said, you know, Seattle's the number two team in the conference, but I think it's going to be a lot tighter in the West than people expect. And then the overall picture for the NFC, because like I mentioned, there's, you know, Philadelphia and San Francisco, Seattle's certainly going to be in the mix. It's kind of up in the air because as much as people want to talk about Dallas, and it really is kind of a last hurrah for that group, but they trade for Trey Lance. There's all kinds of pressure on Dak Prescott. I'm making fun of it because the best thing they can come up with with Dak is not postseason wins, but the fact that he moves his hips in a pre-season or pre-game workout. Who the hell cares? And then they pick up Trey Lance to put pressure on him. And in the meantime, you've got, like you had mentioned, Kirk Cousins. The Detroit Lions are supposed to win the division in this particular NFC North division this year. I mean, where does the hierarchy lie in the NFC, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I do think, look, you take – Philadelphia, you take San Francisco, you put them at the top. And then that next cluster of teams, I think, is fascinating because I would put Seattle in there. I would put Detroit in there. I would put Minnesota in there. And I think, you know, you kind of have to look at Dallas and say, okay, well, the potential is there, certainly on the defensive side of the ball, you know, with Micah Parsons and company, they can pose problems for opposing offenses. That's fantastic. What is that offense going to look like under Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer? Is it going to be something that caters to Dak Prescott, or is it going to be something that we've seen from Mike McCarthy in the past with a lot of West Coast horizontal-based passing concepts? Is that offense going to click or not? That's going to be a big part of the question with Dallas. With Detroit, I do like what they've done. You know, I mentioned the offensive coordinator, what he's done with Jared Goff. I like some of the additions they've made this offseason. Again, Minnesota is still in the mix there. You know, when you start to expand the map a little bit, where do you go from there? Maybe the Giants, you know, certainly made it to the playoffs last year. I like the acquisition of Darren Waller. I think that's going to help them in the passing game, which was, look, Saquon Barkley led the team in targets and was tied for the team leader receptions. They needed more out of the passing game. Waller's going to help. Jalen Hyatt's going to help. But, I mean, the NFC after those top two teams is kind of wide open, and that's why when you sort of expand the list a little bit, you can make a case for a team like Green Bay put it together a little run, or even Giants, Washington, start to look around the rest of the NFC. I mean, absent, say, the Rams and the Cardinals, who I think are moving in the absolute opposite direction, a lot of other teams could look at this season and say, hey, there's a lane where we could get into the dance, and then who knows what happens in a one-and-done playoff situation. Real quick, uh, the amount of wins coming out of the New York Jets this season. Uh, their schedule to start is so bad. I mean, mm-hmm. six games against playoff teams, the two non-playoff teams, a trip to Denver. We know what that environment's going to be like now, and Denver is notoriously tough to play. And Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, who have a very good defense. Obviously, the questions in New England are on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, I see, look, the overrun for the Jets, nine and a half wins. I still think they get to 10, but that is a very tough slate to open the season. And we know this goes one of two ways. 
it works or it fails miserably. And if they go two and three to start, three and three to start, what does the back page of the New York Post look like that? You know, what is the, mm-hmm. the all the expectations, the hype and hard knocks and all of that, they stumble out of the gate, which they very well may do. What does it look like then? So I still think they get above that over under. But let's put it this way. The follow-up question to that is, would I be placing money on that one? Absolutely not. I'm staying far away from it, which tells you how I think this could go one of two ways. There you go. Good stuff. Mark, it's great to have you back, pal. We appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you each week, too, okay? Thanks so much, Bill. Great to be back. We'll talk next week. All right, buddy. There you go. Mark Schofield, SB Nation. Good to have you back on with us. And uh, awesome stuff. He's staying far away from the New York Jets. And he says... When it goes horrifically wrong early on, then what? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Good stuff. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. We'll be back. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Coming up in just a few, uh, after the top of the hour, at some point we're going to get to uh, Brian Gutekinds, who is uh, talking to the media and talking about the cuts and those that he kept on the roster and how this roster has been, you know, uh, built, so to speak. Uh, So you're going to hear all of that coming up here in the last hour of the program. Um Mike says uh, Nick has the uh, Jets finishing last in, in the AFC East. Has some compelling arguments there. It could happen. It could happen. I hope it doesn't. Um, for two reasons. One is that um, I, I want because if they're last, that means something's gone really wrong. And that would also mean then that uh, if you're New York, at some point you would have to look. At giving up that first overall or that first round pick, you know, would you set Aaron Rodgers in favor of hanging on to that first pick, that first round pick? Um. Then again, uh, you're not going to ask Rodgers to sit down because he's not going to. He's not going to want to. And if you do, then then that relationship is done. You know. So we'll see. But uh, I, I still, who knows? Maybe it goes wrong for a lot of different reasons. Maybe they're just a, a team that defensively they become riddled with injuries. And while they're still battling, they just are not able to get it done. But nevertheless, worried about uh, the Green Bay Packers at the moment. Three hours down. Got another one yet to go. Stay right where you're at because we got Brian Gutekinds. You're going to hear that coming up here shortly. We'll be back. Coming up, more of the Bill Michael Show. Right after this.